In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. For the next six weeks or so, we'll be uh, in the book of Revelation. That does not mean we'll be focusing our entire sermons in the book of Revelation, but we'll be reading passages from Revelation. Most of the passages from Revelation aren't those very exciting um, tribulation and, and uh, left behind type passages, but uh, more of, of the passages of, of who Jesus is. And it's very interesting to me as we, as we start uh, in just five verses, grace to you and peace from Jesus, who is and who was and who is to come. And then Jesus says it himself, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and who was and who is to come. Because I think our, our encounter with Jesus, um, this, this sort of order of things, of Jesus as the one who is, who was, and who is to come, really uh, sets these other passages in the proper context. Because more important than anything else is that we have Jesus who is. He is alive today. He's not just one who was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. He's not just one who was at the beginning of, of time and creation came through him. He's not just one that God sent forth from heaven to be the Savior of the world. Nor is he just the one who's going to come back, bring forth his resurrection, and bring forth and establish the new creation on earth. First and foremost, Jesus is. He is present. He's alive. He's here. And the resurrection encounter that we, that we see in the Gospel today is the first and foremost. This, this, this Sunday, we always read this passage from John's Gospel, where Jesus appears to the disciples on Easter and then appears to them one week later on the Sunday after Easter, which would be today, right? And so the first day was last week where we have all, those, all the other Easter readings, but Jesus comes and appears to his disciples and they're behind locked doors because they're afraid of being arrested still. They're afraid of, of going to their own death. And so they're all there except not Thomas, for some reason. We don't know why. And Jesus comes and, and appears to them behind the locked doors and shows them his hands and his side and then breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the promised gift that Jesus talked about just a couple chapters earlier in John's Gospel that I have to go. I have to go because in order for you to receive the gift that you need to carry out the work that God has for you to do, I need to go to the Father so I can bring forth this new counselor on you. And so he breathes on them the Holy Spirit and empowers them to be a blessing or a curse, really, on, on those they encounter, but mostly a 
plus. Right? And Thomas, when he hears about it, is indignant. We often call him doubting. Thomas, I don't know how much Thomas is doubting or Thomas is pouting. If any of you have had children, and multiple children, especially, and one got something and the others didn't, or all of them got something but one didn't, uh, right? You know how, I mean, it's, everybody, you try to be fair, but it's very hard to be fair. And right now, Thomas is saying, that's not fair. That's not fair. I don't even think it happened. Probably didn't even happen, probably didn't even take place. Unless I see the hands for myself, put my fingers in his side, I won't believe. But also there's, there's another ramification to this, which that Thomas may, may understand, because Thomas appears a, a couple times talking about, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Um, and, uh, you know, he speaks up few places in John's gospel. Because as soon as Jesus does appear, the next week and Thomas is there, and Jesus presents himself to him, says, here, here's my hand, here's my side. We don't know if Thomas actually had to go so far as to put his fingers in it, but, but he, all of a sudden he understood this power of the resurrection, my Lord and my God, this, this confession of faith, that Jesus is Lord sort of like earthly lord, like king, like ruler, like one that you'd be subservient to an earthly master, but also my God. You're divine. And in, in, in this, this, in John's gospel, really this is the climax of the whole, of the whole gospel. Of who Jesus is. The word from the beginning where he was the word that was made flesh to now my Lord and my God. And the understanding that he is Lord and God. And Jesus gives that. You believe because you saw. Blessed are all those who have not seen and yet believe. And John sort of wraps it up with, and Jesus did a whole lot more things than this, but these are written down so that you may believe, and by believing, you may have life. And what this is, is, is points to, is that Jesus is alive. And more than anything else, that for Thomas, and for the other apostles, for that matter, is they need to experience Jesus. We need to experience Jesus. We can experience Jesus. And that leads to mission, service, love, blessing, grace, all of, of the various things. We have this passage from the Acts of the Apostles, which is which is um, the, the epitome of the lectionary sometimes. And you just sort of have to scratch your head of why, where they decided to start. 
And I guess they just trust that I'm going to fill you in. Because it says, and when they had brought them, they sent them before the council. Now, I don't know who they and them are. Uh, I mean, I do. But you may not know who they and them are. Um, you won't know unless you've been reading or I tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> I know you're waiting. Just you're dying to know who they and them are. So they are the apostles who, who um, I, don't think, I don't think we're going to hear about it this week or this year in the lectionary, but remember uh, soon after Pentecost when, when Peter and John and the other apostles were heading into the temple and they met the blind beggar um, and he began to walk and leap and praise God, right? And everybody was astounded. And everybody, uh, the, the band gave testimony, and, and Peter began to preach, and all these people came to have faith, and so then they were dragged before the council, and um, after that they were arrested and put into prison. So after they were arrested and put into prison, uh, an angel of the Lord came and let them out and told them, go back to the temple and preach some more. And so they went back to the temple courts and preached some more. And the chief priests were very confused when they saw these same people that they just arrested yesterday preaching again in the temple courts and went and said, didn't we arrest these people yesterday? And, went, and the doors were still locked and the guards were still there and everything seemed to be normal except they didn't have any prisoners anymore. And so they went and got them and brought the apostles back in front of the Jewish leaders again. So these are the they and the them. And the high priest questions them and says, we strictly charged you not to teach in the name of Jesus. But here you are, intending to bring this man's blood upon us. And Peter and the other apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. We are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God gives to those who obey. That is, the presence of Jesus to those who believe, who obey, who come to have life. Jesus is, first and foremost, here today. He is and he was and he is to come, but for, for most of us, the reason that we're here on a glorious Sunday morning, the week following Easter, is because Jesus is alive. And we know that He's alive. And that resurrection power resonates in us and through us. And we long to, to give praise to God and to share that message that Jesus indeed is our Lord and our God. May we, who have received that Holy Spirit, be a blessing on those we encounter. We've been empowered to do the work of Jesus. We've been empowered to go and proclaim in the name of Jesus. We've been empowered to be obedient and to give life in the name of Jesus.
for all those who believe have life in his name. Amen. Amen. Amen.